Well, hey, I wanna welcome all our campuses joining us today as we're in week two of this Healthy Relationship Series. Last week, we talked about healthy communication. And this week, we're talking about healthy conflict. You know, conflict happens, but a, a choice to do conflict in a healthy way doesn't always happen. But here's the thing, when we don't choose to do conflict in a healthy way, it always comes out. It comes out sideways, right? And we've seen it sometimes in, in subtle sideways ways like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry and dissing each other in song lyrics. I mean, come on, what a waste of a song, right? Sometimes it comes out in not so subtle ways like the Grammy slap, right? Not to be confused with the granny slap. You know what the granny slap is? That's when granny pinches your cheek so big it slaps back against your teeth. That can cause conflict too. That's a real thing, by the way. Look it up, Urban Dictionary, granny slap. So conflict is inevitable. There's no way around it in our broken world. You know, even this month, I've had to work through conflicts. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm the lead pastor here. Pastors have to work through conflicts too. One of our staff members came to me about the way I handled something, and I was so glad they did. And, and I was able to apologize. We were able to work it through. Um, Kathy, my wife, is doing kind of... Uh, overseeing the, the renovation of her mom's house right now. Oh, contractors give lots of opportunities to learn conflict, right? Uh, Kathy and I have been married 33 years. We're committed to continuing to grow in our communication, but we still have to work through conflict even this month we have. Carlos and I, uh, Carlos is, you know, our, our lead executive pastor, North Campus pastor here. We've had misunderstandings recently, you know, and I, I went to him with it and, and felt like we worked it through and, and it was great on my side. And then he came back around and admitted to me, you know, something I said kind of felt like an attack of his character. And I'm so glad he came back because I was able to affirm, no, man, you have incredible character and you're such a dynamic, amazing leader. And I was able to apologize. And here's the thing, healthy conflict makes a relationship grow stronger. You realize that? Healthy conflict is how to grow in unity in all our relationships. Conflict's inevitable. Healthy conflict is a choice. And there are three ways that we deal with conflict, actually in unhealthy ways. I wanna quickly touch on those so you can identify which one of these do I tend to go to? And then we're gonna spend most of our time talking about how to fight right, how to fight for the relationship with love and truth. Okay, so some of us grew up learning to deal with conflict in unhealthy ways, like I win, you lose. This is all truth and, and no love. You know, when you assume that you're 100% right and that other person is 100% wrong and you really only care about proving you're right and winning the argument and refuse to try to understand where that other person may come from, you may win the argument, but you lose the relationship. You know, the, the I win, you lose kills a relationship. Now, those of us who, you know, tend to be a little bit more black and white or perfectionistic in our thinking, um, you know, where we can only see our side, fortunately, we're right, almost always, right? And, and unfortunately for the other person, they're wrong usually. But what this does uh, is it, it's a win-lose way. I win, yeah, but
but you lose the relationship. And maybe you grew up in a family where this was the message you got. If you're, right, if you're not right, you're bad. Shame, okay? And, and if that's the message you got, then every time there's a conflict, you're gonna come out going for the KO, right? But you have to remember, this, this is an unhealthy way of dealing. It wins the argument, but you kill the relationship. All right, second way, maybe you approach, maybe you learn unhealthy ways, like we both lose. Now, initially, this, this happens when people think conflict is bad. So all conflict is bad. So something happens in your relationship with someone, and rather than have the courage to confront it, you just kill the relationship. Sounds crazy, but I can't tell you how many people... I've watched leave church for another church, though they had maybe 50 great relationships, one went south and they left and left all of them behind. And you both lose. Everybody loses because you lose the relationship. They lose the opportunity to grow. You lose the opportunity to grow and the relationship doesn't become stronger. So we both lose. You know, and that's why Ephesians 2 uh, the other thing is when we, when we do this, it doesn't just go away. It ends up seeding in bitterness and anger many times. It's a dangerous way to handle conflict. That's why in Ephesians 2, the Bible says, put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Very important to understand. You know, it's not a sin to be angry or hurt. And conflict is, is, is not a bad thing. It, it helps a relationship grow stronger. But if you bury it and you just, you know, try to push it away and, and just avoid the relationship, it's not God's way. And, and in fact, what he says is resolve it quickly, daily. Try to live clean with all people because when you just ignore it, evil wins. Evil tries to divide, so evil wins. So I win, you lose is an unhealthy way. We both lose is an unhealthy way, but also I lose, you win is unhealthy. You know, some of, some of you may deal with conflict by just giving in. You know, maybe you feel like, well, you know, I'm not allowed to have my own thoughts or feelings or opinions, and I'm afraid if I express what I want or I desire, it's gonna end the relationship, so you just swallow it. And you just put on a, a happy face and when asked, you say, oh, no, there's nothing wrong. Everything's great. But that's not great because what you're really doing is you're not being truthful. You know, it says in Colossians 3, do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If any of you have a grievance against someone, it's gonna happen. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. He went first. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. See that? So it's, it's unity that we're, we're seeking. But this could literally be translated, don't continue to, to be false toward each other. In other words, you may think it's loving to not say when you're hurt and just swallow it, but actually that's not loving. That keeps the relationship from growing deeper and growing stronger. So which way do you kind of lean when you have conflict? One of these unhealthy ways? Well, let's talk about how to fight right. We both win. 
We fight for the relationship. We fight for love and truth together. And friends, this is what God wants to lead us to do more and more. Um, But it's the hardest thing to do, quite honestly. It's very difficult. But when we learn to fight, not to win the argument, but to win the relationship with love and truth, that's truly worth fighting for. The relationship is worth fighting for. Keep that in mind when you're in conflict. But you've got to bring both love and truth together because that actually is what God modeled for us. That's who Jesus was. Look at what it says in John 1. It says, the word, referring to Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Both grace and truth together. Grace, acceptance, forgiveness, love, and truth. Speaking what is true about reality. Okay, so that is actually what Scripture says we should do as well, Ephesians 4. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. So love and truth together is the key to healthy conflict resolution. But how? How do you actually do that? And honestly, there is nothing more difficult in the world to do. And there's no place that God's help is not needed more. And maybe you don't think that, you know, maybe you think, oh, I got this, you know? I, I know. I know how to love, I know how to resolve conflict. I'm, I'm great at communication. Well, think about your last conflict and think about this that Jesus said and check yourself. But you who are willing to listen, Jesus says, I say, love your enemies. Ooh. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who hurt you. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Wow. Do you love like that? I don't. (laughs) And especially not in a conflict. But are we willing to learn from God? And that's why there there are four things that God is gonna try to help us engage in for healthy conflict resolution. And the first one is this, humble yourself before God in a conflict. You gotta humble yourself. Because see, this kind of love, a love that loves the enemy, that blesses when you're being cursed, this is not natural, is it? Is that natural to you? No, it's not natural to me. And so we need help from above. Because I have to confess, you know, like if I don't humble myself and ask God for help, inevitably I become defensive or I say something I later regret. Anybody else? Anybody? Come on, Buda, Pflugerville, I'm all alone here. Okay, there's one, good. No, I mean, come on, we all struggle in this. And so we need help from above. And why is that so? Well, because of pride. The truth is pride is our biggest enemy in a conflict. Look at what it says in Proverbs 13. Fighting comes only from pride, but wisdom is with those who listen. Let me say that again. Fighting comes only from pride, but wisdom is with those who listen. See, that other person is not actually your enemy. Your pride is your enemy in a conflict, if you really wanna resolve it. See, pride says, I'm right. 
Pride, pride says, no, you listen to me. I always do it your way. It's your turn to give in. You're so stubborn. You know, pride says, I don't need God's help. I am a loving person, idiot. Right? That's, that's pride. And so the first step to fight right is you've got to fight your own pride. And that's why scripture says this in 1 Peter 5, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He helps the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Personally, there's no greater place where we need God's help and he's made a way for us to overcome our pride and do it a different way. Like that, that song we just sang, you know, to, to let his way be done. Jesus went first. He humbled himself when he didn't need to, to die on a cross to pay for my wrongs, your wrongs. So he doesn't condemn us even when we're screwing up. He enters in to help us so that we can do it a different way but we have to be willing to let him help us right in the middle of it. And that's the tough part. You know, a spiritual practice that um, I, I, I do regularly and we've done as a church around here is to set my watch to beep every 60 minutes as a reminder. And if you've been around, we've done this 60-60 experiment, 60 days having reminders go off every 60 minutes. And the reminder is God is always with you. He doesn't condemn you. He's there to help you turn to him and, and, and let him help you do his will rather than your will in that moment. I remember one time when uh, we were in the middle of this 60-60 experiment and um, we decided to take our kids to Port Aransas to the beach for a quick Saturday, Sunday, my kids were little. And that Saturday night, we stayed up swimming late. We stayed up too late. None of us got good sleep. We wake up the next morning and everyone's grumpy. We're in this crampy little hotel room, four of us with a dog. And we're all getting on each other's nerves and the kids are fighting. We can't get them to get ready to go out on the beach. And, and, and they're getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated, but I'm you know, I'm, I'm working hard on keeping it patient. And um, see, I had a plan though. I had a plan and it was a good plan. In fact, it was a, it was a right plan. It was the plan that should have happened. And, and the plan was we, we needed to get back Sunday night for Monday morning. So we were gonna get up and get out on the beach by 10 a.m. And we're gonna enjoy the beach and then head back early afternoon. And now it's noon and we're still getting on each other's nerves in this crampy little apartment. Little, little hotel. I had been patient for two hours. Now, Kathy would disagree, but she was wrong. <laughs> and when she mentioned that I was getting impatient, then I started to argue about how patient I had been because we were two hours past plan. And, and what are we doing getting on each other's nerves in this crampy little apartment, little, uh, little hotel? And that spiraled into more conflict about how I was being impatient. And then the kids started to get upset with each other. And finally I said, okay, that's it. I'm packing up and we're going home right now. Which caused the kids to start crying which made Kathy talk about my impatience, which made me defend how patient I had been. And you know what happened right then? My watch beeped. My watch beeped to remind me. And honestly, I said, can't talk right now, God, I'm busy. I didn't wanna talk because my pride was up here blocking me like this. I was stuck. 
I wasn't able to be flexible and I didn't want any other way. Why? Because they were wrong. It wasn't me, I was so patient. And, and, and right then, I'm not kidding, this verse comes into my mind. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And I thought, I should have never memorized that verse. <laughs> Use it against me. But honestly, I realized I gotta take a walk. So I just said, I, I, I need a timeout. I walked, and I walked the beach for about 15 minutes, tried to calm down and listen. If you're willing to listen, he says, he'll lead you. And as I listened, what I heard is, yes, they were wrong, but I want you to own where you were wrong. I'll take care of them, you take care of you. And I was like, I can't do it, Lord. And, and, and finally, I got to a place where I could do it for him as an act of love for him, not for them. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best you can do. But as an act of love for God, I went back in and I said, hey, I was wrong. You know, I shouldn't have been manipulative. I didn't mean we're really going home. You know, that was just a blow the belt punch in an argument. And I'm sorry. And then they apologized. We made up, we went and had fun and we flexed and stayed even later. Pride is gonna be your biggest enemy that you have to overcome in the middle of a conflict. So remember, God is there. And through his grace offered in Christ, he doesn't condemn you even as you're screwing up but he'll oppose you if you just hang on to your pride. Humble yourself, he loves that and he loves to help you. Second step, listen to understand. So we started talking about listening last week, but it is vital in a, in a conflict. Let me go back to that proverb. Notice the contrast. Fighting comes only from pride, but wisdom comes from those who listen. See that contrast between pride and listening. See, listening is the opposite. Listening communicates care and love, but it's the hardest thing to do well in a conflict. I'm convinced that most of our conflicts would resolve well if we could humble ourselves and listen well, listen to understand. James 1.19, we looked at last week, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Yes, we should, <laughs> but... What pride does is it causes us to be quick to speak, easily hurt and offended, and slow to listen to try to understand. And, and you know what? If you think this doesn't affect you, next conflict, just ask this question. Do you feel understood by me? Do you feel heard by me? It's a great question to ask. You know, marriage counselors tell us that 90% of problems in marriage boil down to one thing the inability to communicate until both parties feel heard and understood. And there's actually a good reason why this is so difficult. Do you know that the average person thinks 400 words per minute, but can only speak 100 words per minute? Now, maybe you know someone who thinks 100 words per minute, but speaks 400 words per minute. Maybe you're in a conflict with that person. But if you think about it, here's, here's what happens. The average person is thinking four times faster than, than they're able to speak. So while they're speaking, you're gonna think uh, about 300 words more per minute than, than they're actually saying. So, so think about the problem with this. Let's say we're in a conflict. You and I are in a conflict. All 400 of, of my thoughts in my head make perfect sense to me. 
I understand what I mean perfectly, but you can only hear 100 words per minute and you've got four times as many thoughts giving you a mental picture of what I mean. And, and that includes your objections, you know, that make perfect sense to you, but you can only speak back 100 words per minute or 25% of what you mean, and I'm gonna add another 75% of my interpretive thoughts, and back and forth we go, misunderstanding what each other means. Do you see that? And that's why listening principle number one is this, meaning does not reside in words, but in people. If we can only get this, meaning does not reside in words, but people. Now, you can choose to hold them to what they said. You ever had this frustrating thing? Well, that's not what I meant. What's well, what you said, but it's not what I meant. What you said. We do it all the time. And you can choose to do that, but you're not, you're not humbling yourself before God. You know, because if you really want to understand, you've got to be slow to react, to listen, to understand what they meant not just the first words you hear and interpret. So listening principle number two, ask, is this what you mean? Because we all think we know what the person means, but humility requires, I may be mishearing, I may be misinterpreting with my 75% more thoughts about what I'm hearing. I may be misunderstanding because I haven't heard all 400 thoughts per minute that you've got going. There are lots of things that can get in the way right? Um, hearing 25%, our past history can get in the way. Uh, communication, as we know, is about 90% nonverbal, 10% words. That can get in the way. Our past history can get in the way. And the only way past this conundrum of not understanding each other is to listen until the other person says you understand. So marriage counselors in, a, in marriage conflicts we'll set up what's called listening rules. It's a great way to train ourselves to do it a different way. Now it's hard to do, it feels a little artificial, but it actually helps. So if you're having conflict with, with a, you know, someone close to you, here's what you do. It, when you're in the middle of the conflict, you just call a timeout and go, we're not listening to each other. We're not really hearing each other. So let's try this. And you say, okay, we're each gonna give each other five minutes. And I'm just gonna listen to what you're saying, what you mean. I, I can't defend, I can't, I can't talk back at you or yeah, but you. All I can do is ask questions to try to understand what you mean and then try to speak it back. And when I can say, so what I'm hearing you say is this, and I say it and you say, yes, you understand. Then I've truly listened to understand. And then you switch. And the other person gets their five minutes and you, you go back and forth like that. It may take 10 minutes each, but that actually helps you listen to the point where you understand each other. So in a conflict, express love to God. And remember, Jesus said two commands that sum up all the commands of the Bible, love God first. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Do those two you sum up all the commands. That's what we're talking about. So you love God by humbling yourself before God and asking for his help, knowing we all struggle. You, you express love for others by listening to understand. And remember, love others as yourself. So you love yourself by speaking truth personally. That's the next thing, speak truth personally. 
because you need to be known and understood. We'll never feel loved or, or close to another person if we're not able to be known and, and, and understood. So you've got to give them an opportunity to know you. Now, that means you've got to speak your truth. Now, here's the problem. The problem is none of us have a 100% accurate view of all that's true, right? Um, not except God. God does, but we're limited. So that means I have to humbly acknowledge that my truth is only my perspective on a much bigger picture of truth that only God knows. Now, the only way I can do that healthily is express what I think is true in I statements rather than you statements. That's speaking principle number one. Use I statements, not you statements. In other words, not you're always late. Ever heard that? <laughs> you're always late. Now this, this is blame, okay? It's pointing the finger at you. The other thing is it's a global statement. Nobody's always anything. We're not that consistent, right? So instead of that, say, I feel like I'm not important when you keep coming in late. Not, you make me feel stupid, or you think you're always right. Okay, again, that's blame, that's accusation. Satan is the accuser. Don't side with Satan, right? Don't accuse. And first of all, only God knows what another person thinks, so we can't say what they think. And, and secondly, no one can make you feel anything. You're responsible for your own feelings. They can't make you feel that way. So we don't pronounce judgments of, of you statements. Instead, you speak your truth personally, I statements. I feel hurt when you interrupt and don't let me finish. I think I have something to offer, but it feels like you're not interested in my ideas. So statements, I statements humbly acknowledge. I know what I think and feel, but I can't say what you think or feel or intend, only God knows that. So speak in I statements, speaking principle number two, affirm the person and the positive outcome. So you listen more than you speak, but when you speak, start by affirming things about that person and the positive outcome you're hoping from resolving conflict healthily, right? And give that person the benefit of the doubt. Fight for the relationship. Go into it deciding, I wanna win the relationship back, not, not just to be right. So you affirm the person, you know, like this. I, I need to tell you, I feel disrespected when you interrupt me. You know, like you don't wanna hear my ideas. Okay, that's how I perceive truth from my perspective. I know that's probably not true. Give the benefit of the doubt. But I'm starting to resent it. I value our friendship, affirm the friendship. I, I don't want it to hurt our partnership. Can we talk this through? You know, I remember um, before coming and starting Gateway, uh, I worked uh, in, an, in another job and our management team was on a, a retreat, a four-day retreat. My boss was there and I had this idea that I wanted to, to implement. And the second night of the retreat, we're all sitting out uh, outside just talking before dinner. And I, I thought, I'm gonna run my idea by him because I really respect him. He's a really sharp strategic thinker. And so I ran the idea by him and you know he kind of came back with some things that were wrong with it. And I kind of explained more. And right then they called us in for dinner and he stands up and he goes, well, I'm glad I'm not you because I'd feel really screwed up right now. And then turns and walks away. And I'm like, what the heck? 
And I mean, it was like dropping a bomb in me because I respected him. And I had to go into dinner and I was seething inside. And they're all laughing at the table and joking. And I'm just trying to put on a plasticky face to not show all my hurt and anger that I'm feeling. And over the next two days, I didn't go deal with it in a healthy way, you know? And the, and the bitter pill started to poison, you know? And, and, and that anger started to grow. And, and then I started to, you know, do those fantasy revenge thoughts. You ever done those? They're fun. Where, where I go do my idea and it works better than I ever thought and I shove it in his face. Yeah, we've all done those. And then I'd come to and I'd go like, what am I doing? But, but I was avoiding him the whole time. I wouldn't even make eye contact. I was doing the lose-lose method. And what that does is just ends the relationship. You both lose. The last day of the retreat came. I was, I was gonna keep my unhealthy way and just get out of there, probably never talk to him again, if I could. And the last day, they, they announced, okay, we're gonna do an exercise, team building exercise. Get with each person on the team and ask them what you need from me and what they need from you in order to do a better job. I'm like, oh, crud. <laughs> I gotta face this guy. And so I realized, I can't do it this way. And so I prayed, God, give me courage to do this love and truth thing. And so we got together and I just said, hey, before, before we do that exercise, can I just say something? You know, when we were talking a couple of days ago and you said this and I repeated what he said, which was easy because I'd been repeating it every minute for two days, right? Um, it really hurt me uh, because I really respect you and I really respect your opinion. And I don't want this to come between us and to hurt our relationship. So can we talk about it? And you know what? It doesn't always go this way, but he owned it. He said, I'm sorry, I was, I was cynical and went at you sideways. And then he uh, addressed something I had done actually that he th thought, you know, was kind of making, making that go that way. And I apologized and, and our friendship grew stronger. And that's what healthy conflict does. It doesn't hurt the relationship. The relationship grows stronger in the end. So listen to understand uh, or humble yourself before God. That's how you love God. Listen to understand. That's how you love the other person and speak personal truth. That's how you love yourself in a conflict. And finally, lastly, be willing to compromise. You know, even... When we humbly listen, um, when we speak in ways for true understanding, we still may not agree. Maybe you're parents and you disagree on your parenting style or how, you know, how to do um, discipline with your kids. Well, then you've got to compromise. And this is a part of every conflict is you've got to compromise. Maybe in business, you know, your partner thinks you should bet the farm on the big B hag and you think we should do no debt, slow growth and you disagree. You can do healthy conflict and still disagree. And that means for the relationship's sake, you've got to learn to compromise. Now, if compromise means compromising your morals or your integrity where you have to compromise following God, you follow God. But otherwise in a broken world, Winning the relationship means compromise as well. So humble yourself before God, listen to understand, 
speak personal truth, be willing to compromise. That's healthy conflict resolution. Well, I'm gonna turn it over to our campus pastors on the other campuses. Here at North, let's pray. God, so easy to listen to uh, these ideas, but in the middle of it, wow, we really do need your help. And so God, uh, we won't get it right, but we can grow. And thank you, Lord, that Jesus went first to show us the heart of God, that he would humble himself to pay for our wrongs when he had done no wrong. Remind us that uh, about that in the middle of conflict that we might follow Jesus to be willing to lay down our rights even when they're wrong. And Lord, uh, in love, you forgave us. You paid for our wrongs and help us to lean into that and be quick to apologize and, and quick to forgive. And God, I pray that all of us, any of us right now who, who we can think of a person that, you know, things aren't all good. There's some conflict resolution that needs to happen. Give us the courage Give us the faith and fill us with your love and grace to go with you and try to resolve it as best we can. And it doesn't always mean that other person is gonna be willing, but Lord, it honors you when we seek to resolve conflict your way. So lead us in Jesus' name we pray, amen.